We love you, Lord, and lift you up because you are worthy to be praised, and we do exalt you. You are the Most High God. You've proven yourself in so many ways. You went in revealing yourself to us, uh, encouraging us, inviting us into your kingdom. We're so thankful we had the presence of mind to say yes to you, and it is an eternal yes. Little did we know that when we said yes, but we're thankful that you knew what you meant and you know what we mean. So we are just ever grateful that we are your servants, that we are your creation, that we are your friends, and we honor you. We give you this time to you to show us what you want us to know and explain to us the things that pertain to this life. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen. So last Sunday we talked about the sanctuary of God. I knew that. I was just seeing if you knew that on the same page. Amen. I, I, I didn't have time to come in and tell you exactly, but I figured, I said, if she don't figure this out, I said, we're in big trouble with the, with the labels. I have to do them again, but praise God. So, uh, yeah, we were talking about the sanctuary of God and how God has already or always ordained a sanctuary for his people. That word actually means refuge. And what do we have a refuge from? From many things. You have a refuge from the toils of life, from the cares of this life. You have a refuge from sometimes from yourself. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we need to step out of our problems, issues, the mental realm of, of living in certain areas, certain certain ideas, so forth and so on. Um, and come into a place ordained by God that can can give us so many things that we need. It will cause us to grow and to thrive, to prosper. It, ca- it will cause us to be healed. There are so many things that are found in the sanctuary of God. And I think it's important because there are so many people who are not now attending church for whatever reasons. And uh, sometimes people get caught up in political uh, ideology and, and, you know, if they like the party that whoever says stay home is in, they do that. And if they don't like the party when they say go out and go to church, they do that. So it's all mixed up now. And God wants to sort it out for us. Amen. Because there has never been a time where there's been so much information available to people. But with information, sometimes comes confusion. And so if if you get to a point where you're not sure what decision to make or not sure what God will honor as far as your life is concerned, in those gray areas we get into sometimes, there is a sanctuary that God has ordained where you can come in. It's a safe place. It's a holy place. It's a place where God reigns and where you can find the... the um, I guess you could say the answer that you need. So to me, sanctuary is not just a place of escape. You know, refuge is much more than an escape. Amen. Because if, if, you know, if bombs are dropping, you can run into a cave and escape. But a sanctuary is much more than that. Amen. It, it has, um, so many different elements and properties that are good for our growth, not only surviving, but thriving. It's good for um, your contentment, 
for your your answers to give you peace in your life in every area of your life there's no limit to what god can do uh in his sanctuary it's a refuge a safe place we said it was a place where god is in control he controls the atmosphere so that there is life divine life in the sanctuary of god and if you're in a place where divine life is not prevalent or it comes and goes god has a better place for you amen where he can can feed you all the time amen it never varies you know i've been in churches and some sundays you hit it and some sundays you miss it you understand what i'm saying and and so we want to give over to god so that we hit it all the time and the only way you do that is allow god to be in control of things amen and and do what he wants to do um you know in in the atmosphere control the atmosphere and uh allow him to dominate using his program his methods his his uh ordained order for sanctuary life and i think that's one one way to look at it and so there've pe- been people who have taken control of god to extremes to where you know they they feel like they don't need no stinking preacher. Amen. <laughs> we don't need no stinking pastor around here. We do things ourselves, you know. The people have groups of what they call elders and, you know, a bunch of people being in control. And God's never ordained that. Amen. It's very clear in the Bible how he orders his sanctuary. But you, it'd be shock. It would shock you how many people violate that just because they think, uh, divine order is not not a good thing they want it to be what they want it to be when they want it to be that way and so that is not what god has set up he set up a a a certain way of doing things where he is in control even though he is working through ordained people amen the people that he has in charge of his flock have been called from the foundation of the earth and ordered and ordained to do this life amen uh, it's not a part-time gig you know it's not like my side gig and my main thing is you know i'm an entrepreneur well yeah that's all cool but i got something better amen i have a call of god and ordained of god to do what i do amen and so i don't have to be in this world trying to prove myself over here and prove myself over there i just stay steady in what god's given me to do amen and that's just good advice period to understand what he's called you to do and get about doing it that's true for all of us and the sanctuary is the arena in which god is able to complete everything that he has ordained for uh, himself and his relationship with man all of those those things so we talked about some of the uh um, things that were pertinent to the sanctuary we know that every sanctuary is is made after the pattern that's in heaven amen so there is a real and there are patterns down here on earth that sanctuary in heaven has an altar it also has uh, a mercy seat that's guarded by two angels amen and it also has a uh, fire uh, uh, access i mean it 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 is a burning fire uh it is an altar of sacrifice sacrifice has been made 
uh, by the mediator over the mercy seat, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a pattern in the heavens that the original one is, and God just wants to duplicate that down here. He has duplicated it many times in many different ways, in many different forms. Exodus 25, if you want to turn there, in verse 8, God says, uh, it, it, it was, there was a, a tent of meeting where God would meet, uh, with the priests so that he could, they could minister to the people and they would speak to the people <clears throat> to bring offerings and so forth and so on. Verse 8, it says, and let them make me a sanctuary. So this is something that's made for God with his directions and with his specifications. And the reason, he says, so that I may dwell among them. He said, according to all that I show you after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, so shall you make it. And so when, when he would, when he says, make me a sanctuary so I can live there, we are now the sanctuary of God. You know that when you're born again, he comes to dwell inside you. And so what God does is he takes a number of sanctuaries, puts them together to make a congregation. Under the Old Testament, these people were, were people who were not regenerated, not born again. And so they were really just a congregation. But now we're a congregation of sanctuaries. So we all have the holiness of God on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And so when we come together, we come together for the purpose of, of understanding God, of receiving from God. Everybody receives the same thing all the time. It's not different ministry or teaching or way of living from minister to to congregant uh you know believers uh lay believers however you want to describe people who aren't ministry gift people we all eat the same food we all receive of the same spirit we all receive the same teaching all, all of that you know stuff is is you know when when we first started this ministry the lord shared with me he said i want you to have the people that you instruct to be taught the same way you are, with the same teaching that you receive. And so we've always, in, in, really that's kind of what distinguished us from like traditional church. You know, people would say, you travel with your people? And I'm thinking to myself, seriously? <laughs> seriously? <laughs> Whereas there's always these, you know, hierarchies and divisions and lines and don't get too close to the, to whatever they, bishop or whatever. You know the stuff I'm talking about. But the, the biblical example is Moses, when he called the people, he said, call the people together, Moses, and I will cause them to hear my word. He wants his people to receive his word. There's no mystery. There's no private interpretation of scripture. I can't go somewhere and find something out and then keep it from y'all like y'all ain't mature enough to hear it yet. In that case, I'm not either.
So the sanctuary takes down the walls. You got me? It puts everybody on a level playing field, puts us all on equal footing before God. There's nobody more important, less important. Some people can receive this and some people, honey, if it goes over your head, maybe it's supposed to, or you just shelve it until next Wednesday or sometime when you're ready to receive it. You understand what I'm saying? And so God is building in each individual sanctuary a body of knowledge, a body of understanding, revelation, wisdom, so that, number one, you can take care of your own life, take take care of your temple where he lives. And the other thing is you can go out and do the ministry that he's called you to do because all believers are called ministry. Amen. And I'm not talking about pulpit ministry. I'm talking about believers ministry where you carry the gospel with you, you carry freedom, you carry life with you and you breathe life on people who need you bring relief to their troubled lives amen and nothing's too hard for you as a believer because in the sanctuary of god this is a place where he dominates and he spends time with each of us as individuals as we're hearing the word that word gets ministered to everybody a little bit differently even though it's the same word that's coming out you know, uh, Miss Pat might hear uh, a certain certain revelation in that, and then Miss Avis will hear something different, and and then you talk to each other and you find out that did they hear the same thing? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just he personalizes it, even though it's a group setting. Amen. So we're not being indoctrinated here; we're being fed. Amen. And so God wants his people fed, fat and flourishing. Yeah, God likes fat people. Skinny women are wicked. Now, I used to be able to say that without offending anybody. Come here, my Raja. You know, Baba loves you, even though you're a tad thin, but... We won't hold that against you. We love you. And my pretty will fatten you up soon enough. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Honey, if thin is you, you do you, huh? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So so there is a pattern in heaven for the original, for the sanctuary. And there's a pattern in heaven for us. Amen. It's the saints that already are there. Amen. So God's got eternal sanctuaries of all the saints that have ever lived up there in heaven with him. And so they are a pattern for us down here. So we look at their lives, their exploits as we read the Bible. And then we understand how the sanctuary of God is to function. We're holy people. We're set apart people. We're not of the world. We're here, but we don't belong here. We're, we're not stuck here. We don't pattern ourselves after the world. We're different. We're a holy people. Amen. A royal priesthood. Amen. Because we're children of the king. Amen. Now, don't go crown yourself queen and king or nothing, okay? All these prom kings and... and Prom queens running around. Just take that little tiara and set it down somewhere. 
before you sweat it off. Because as far as I know, God's got work for everybody to do. You don't get no crown till you get your work done. All these, all these premature crownings around here. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them selfies with them tiaras on. I say, if you royalty, how come it's, it's from the dollar store? I know. I, I'm gonna quit. Okay. No, I won't. Having too much fun. No, no, no. <laughs> dollar store tiaras. I saw, you know, I was looking at Queen Elizabeth. I found a magazine that, you know, she was on the cover and, and she's just as humble and, I mean, this lady has had no private life. I mean, you know, she gets some price. She has no life for herself. She's given everything to, and they ain't really, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They don't have no real power over there. I mean, it's for a figurehead job. She's just totally devoted to that. All her life, 25 years old, her father passes away and, and she becomes queen. That crown is so heavy. You seen that thing? It's got ermine and big stones and stuff on it. Ain't dollar store. Just saying, you know. But it comes, it comes with a life of sacrifice. I mean, even in natural, even for natural people. You understand what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying about that, okay? Because see, I'm going to make somebody mad because they put something on Facebook nasty about me. They better not. They never do, but they want to bad. But anyway, (laughs) praise the Lord. So there is a pattern in heaven for everything that we do down here on earth. So what God wants us to do is make sure we stay true to form. Stay, stick with the heavenly pattern. There is a mercy seat. Uh, and an altar, uh, and blood was always applied. Now we know that Jesus took his own blood and placed it on the heavenly mercy seat after he was raised from the dead. And so no priest goes into the holy place without blood. Amen. Uh, all of them have to. As long as you're in a flesh body, uh, you go in with blood. But the blood was not for himself to enter, but to prove his his accomplishment of all things that the father gave him to do so his blood was not to pay for anything for him personally except it signified his obedience unto death even the death of the cross where he entered in but that blood is placed on the mercy seat on our behalf so that he can minister mercy over every prayer that we pray. Do you know nobody prays a perfect prayer? Or Jesus has to minister. If it was perfect, he wouldn't be there to me. He said, oh, yeah, that's Shannon. She praying. I don't have to minister. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Pass. Whatever. Huh? Not so. He must minister over every prayer. Even when we get an answer and we think it's us that did it. Seriously? Huh? Sometimes we come in there so shabby, raggedy, and. <laughs> like I, sometimes I'll just say things. I say, God, did you, did you, did you hear that? What, what you gonna do? And it, that's a prayer. Amen. Cause then he answers and you think back and say, Oh Lord, I didn't even 
let me back up. I'm scaring myself. You understand what I'm saying? He looks at your heart, number one. You know, not so much your words, but your words are important, you know, so you can you can develop your faith and, and know what God wants to do for you. But but still, it's we need a mediator. We need an intercessor. We need somebody to intercept and interpret our prayers and then release the answer at the right time. So all sanctuaries must have an altar, mercy seat, and application of the blood in some way. Now down here on earth, our application of the blood is repentance and asking forgiveness of our sins. So whenever you come to the altar of God, you have to come acknowledging the blood paid for you to be there and allow it to cleanse you, amen, from all unrighteousness. When a church is ordained, it must also have an altar. Any assembly of God's people must have an altar and an invitation to the mercy seat. And that means an altar call. Now, how many real sanctuaries do we have? How many churches do you see skip the altar call? It's fun to preach at the YMCA because I'm going over there. The Now, if y'all don't talk to me, I'm going across the street because I saw somebody already come in here from almost over there. Now, he looked like he wanted to talk. I said, cool. (laughs) Whee! Yeah, they're not sanctuaries, okay? Oh, oh, who are you talking about? You talking about my favorite preacher on TV? They don't fit the biblical pattern. I call them like teaching centers. Well, they give out the word. They teach the word. I'm not taking that from them. But to get that word to do you some good. You understand what I'm saying? There's got to be a place where God touches you. Through some, through a minister who's ordained to operate in his behalf. Listen, just because people got a crowd and they sell a bunch of stuff, that don't make that right. And it doesn't make it powerful or effective. You you know, paying out some of them audiences, them same faces, been there for 20 years. They done bought all the books, seen themselves on TV a hundred times, got all the big collection of tapes. And they still can't stand their husband, their kids, their dog. Pow! Tell me I ain't telling the truth. Because other than than the anointing that comes on the word, you know, now you can get a good anointed word and learn some things, but you're missing something if that word never gets ministered into your spirit at the altar of God. That's where Jesus ministers over the mercy seat. Amen. How many of you can skip going to the doctor? Some of y'all ain't been to the doctor in years. 
They wonder where you at. Huh? Why? Because you know you can go to the sanctuary. So the presence of God is always in the sanctuary. And, and really, in, in a sanctuary that's holy and, and um, given over to God, the presence is always strongest at the altar. So why people can't come up there, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? You come there to meet with God, and then you never get an altar call so that you can get ministered to and touched by him. Amen? There were dress requirements in the sanctuary of God. The priests wore certain garments. Garments to wear were righteousness after his ceremonial cleansing. Garments to wear also were times of praise and worship before God. All of these cemented their relationship to God. So that when they came in, they acknowledged their sin by cleansing themselves according to God's instruction. And then they would move into a holy or more sanctified place where they could receive worship, begin to worship God. The singers were there. All of those things, instruments and everything, just like in heaven. In heaven, the angels cry holy, holy all the time. They worship constantly. And and the people gather and worship God in heaven. They live there and they have things to do. I don't know what they do up there. I'll find out one day. But but you know what I'm saying, that there's life there. There's a pattern of life there that's ordained by God. So in uh, Exodus 28, 21, the names of God's people were written, 28, 21, it says here, uh, God is ordaining, uh, what this tabernacle was. It says this, the, it says the fourth row in 20, the fourth row of beryl and onyx, jasper, they shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. So God considers us all to be important enough. He knows our names. He's always known the names of every one of his people. Amen. And so he, those are engraved with all the 12 tribes of people who are called out to God, who he identifies as belonging to him. And I think that's very important because in the sanctuary of God, he knows not only your name, he knows your heart, he knows your needs, and he will, he will direct the message in the preaching to meet every single need that is in this place. Amen. He even knows the people that are going to be picking it up on the internet and when and will gear the message to meet their remote needs as well. Amen. You can pick up a, a, a tape or a teaching that's 20, 30, or 40 years old. If God directs you to it and you say, boy, this is now, I didn't even know this. This is something I've been missing all this time. So God knows where you are. The sanctuary of God, that holy atmosphere, allows him to say the things that you need to hear coming from him. Amen. So he sets us apart, sanctifies us with a purpose. 
You are important to him. He has drawn you here and he knows you're here. Amen. Always keep divine appointments with God. If he appoints you to be somewhere, be there. Amen. You shouldn't be looking for an excuse not to come to church. Well, I've been coming straight for like how many months now? And I need to, you know, some me time. Well, if me don't get what me needs up in here with God in charge, you ain't going to find it someplace else. Oh, I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care. If, I don't care if y'all don't like that. Talk to the white people. Welcome to those of you on the Internet. <laughs> in the altar of God the fire never goes out amen when he he set up the first tabernacle on earth there was an eternal fire in that tabernacle if it was attended properly by the priests it never went out now there's an example in the bible of two priests in training the sons of one of the of the high priest they allowed that fire to go out and they tried to light their own fire called it strange fire and they were destroyed by it amen so god is so adamant about controlling everything of sanctuary life he won't he will will uh deflate and cancel out anything that's not like what he you know that's how churches go dead you know how sometimes the church can be the the place everybody wants to come in the city and everybody flocks over there and then little by little it peters out well it's going to peter out anyway for certain people because there's i'm i call them the roving herd of sheep that just run from one place to the next to the next they never settle anything anywhere because they don't you know they're confused they don't even know how to pray about where they're supposed to be but but in general, people tend to be committed more to what feeds them. Amen? They're just more committed to what feeds them. And so when God puts you in a place, he expects you to be there consistently until either you exhaust the knowledge that's there. Very few, few people do that, okay? Just, just so you know. Amen. What did Elijah tell Elisha when Elisha said, I want twice as much as you have? He said, you've asked a hard thing. See, that's hard. It's it's enough for a servant to measure up to their master or teacher. You understand what I'm saying? And so if you can get equal to, that's a biggie. Amen. And so and, and then there are some people who do exceed in some ways. Absolutely. But there's, 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 it's hard. You know, it's hard to do that. And so if, if that's your desire and that's your prayer, put it before God. And if God says that's for you, then, then He'll make it happen for you. It's not a bad thing to want as much as you can get of God. But you gotta want it for the right reason. Amen. Amen. So sanctuary, His sanctuary is a dwelling place for people to meet with Him. We've said that. In Isaiah 56, 7, it gives a new definition of the sanctuary. So up until then, it's been a meeting place for the people of God. But but in Isaiah, it says that it will be a house of prayer for all people. See, all people are included. All people come in to pray. 
of 56, what did I say? Verse 7. He says, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices shall be accepted on mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people, all people. So God invites everybody in. So say, say, for instance, Miss Avis is the house of prayer because God lives in her. He, she's the tabernacle of God, his dwelling place. Well, anybody can come up to her and, and say, well, Miss Avis, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling this. And, and she can pray with them without any penalty from God whatsoever, right? Because they come to the right price. They, this is a house of prayer. So we are continually giving out prayer for people. We're continually having the altar and the mercy seat available to people. That's why God tells believers, you go into all the world, take that altar and that tabernacle and that sacrifice out there where people need it, amen, and let all people come in and pray. God has an answer for everybody, sinner and saint, amen. You can pray for anybody. You find out first what God wants to say to them, before you start trying to pick their brain and find out what they did last night and if they got sin in their life, that ain't your business. Your business is to operate and set up an altar there whereby God can minister. You think God don't know what they did? He knows what you did too. That don't stop him from living in you. Amen. <laughs> he ain't moved out yet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are the house of prayer for all nations. Amen. We are. So he draws us to his sanctuary by his spirit within us. If you obey his spirit, you would be drawn to Christian fellowship and begin to understand its purpose in life purpose of christian fellowship is for us to be friends around the things of god amen Uh, and and to get to know god through one another that's the most important that is so beneficial when jesus raised lazarus from the dead he told the people who were standing around he said you go unwrap the grave clothes off of off of him see the job of the body of christ is to bring life to one another through just unraveling nonsense that we've been you know that's got us bound and is keeping us from enjoying the life that god has for us and the sweet thing about the lord is that he will do that thing without anybody feeling like they're being singled out and called out and embarrassed you know, you'll be talking to somebody and, and you'll have a question in your heart about something. And, and the conversation will steer around to exactly what you need to hear. And they'll have no clue that they just ministered to you. That's unwrapping grave clothes. All we do is get together and be who we are. And quit trying to impress each other with who we ain't. Amen? Just You just do you. You be you. Amen? Amen. So Proverbs verse 20 through 22, 
God wants to control the way we meet with him, so we must draw away, sanctify ourselves, and attend to his word. So you all know that scripture. My son, attend to my word, incline your ear to my sayings. That's what we do here. Amen. We pay attention. Give the word full attention. I tell people, if you give this hour, hour and a half, two hours, don't tell me I want you, little desperado. But you know what I'm saying. It won't be two. Don't nobody get nervous. Hey, everybody, pass the Kleenex so you can wipe your brow. Amen. But you understand what I'm saying. If you can focus on the word for just this amount of time, think about all the hours in your week. And to focus on the word for this short period of time. This is what God ordains and he can bring great things out of this, out of your, in your life for you. So, so attend to his word, give full attention. And in the sanctuary of God, this is where it happens. This is where God ordains our full attention on him. Amen. Success always follows our attendance in the sanctuary. It's not just a feeling. You know how you, you feel better because you know, people, it, this is not an escape. It's a dwelling place. This is home. This is where you belong. This is your place of, of finally being somewhere where God knows your name, knows what you need, knows who you are, and is providing that on a regular, continual basis. He doesn't guarantee that if you're sitting up watching television. And, and channel surfing. Amen. It, it, he has better than that for his people. You know, when I think about it, that's kind of like crumbs. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? And she was glad for the crumbs because that's what was ordained for her. But the children of God have a seat at God's table. Get up off the floor and go sit in your seat at the table. That place that has your name tag in front of. You ever been at somebody's house and they have name tags for people and you nervous yours ain't there? I'm telling this, I mean, I mean, not moi, of course. <laughs> messing with you. But we all do that, don't we? You look around, look around till you find somebody's expecting me. Well, that's where God is with us. He's expecting us. And he expects you to come and sit and eat all your vegetables. Without no dip on them. Nikki canceled a dip for this afternoon. No. They're getting hostile in here. Nikki, put the dip back on the tray. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why don't we just skip the veggies? We'll just give you a pot of dip and let you just go for it with a spoon. Now we won't. <laughs> but you know we want it like we want it. Huh? Uh, let me have a whopper, put mayonnaise on one side, not mayonnaise on. <laughs> and cut it in half because I'm driving. When Chuck gets to heaven, it's going to be... And he's on one side because she dried it. <laughs> they going to have it just like you like it, Chuck. God loves Chuck just the way she is. Amen. 
Yeah. You know, by the time I was sitting this beside Chuck in the car, she went through. By the time the people came to the window, I had crawled underneath the dashboard. I said, man, is this lady? What is wrong? Whee! But I wasn't driving. I was thankful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So God wants all of our little sanctuaries to assemble together in the main sanctuary. Because he has business he wants to do for the benefit of all of us. So each of us has a portion of the loaf of bread that he's feeding. Amen. So that's why we have one common loaf. We each pull off what we need. Amen. And and then we can receive from a common loaf. That's what the common loaf of bread was all about. You know, in some churches, they they just do a simplified because they need to. But it was always a common loaf. It was passed around. Uh, and there was a common cup, if I'm not mistaken, that, that they all drank from, one cup, so forth and so on. There were times when, when you drank the brim because you got yours first, and then sometimes you were the last, the dregs at the bottom. Amen? But that cup had to be consumed, all of it, nothing wasted. Amen? There's a purpose for all of that, amen, for what God has for us. So the last shall always be first, amen. So if you feel like you've been feeding off dregs all your life, better things are coming, amen. There's sustenance there anyway, and there's refreshing there anyway, and God will give you your season where you drink from the brim, amen. So this assembling that we do in the sanctuary is part of a greater assembly, in Hebrews 13, you'll see it, we're, we're back in heaven now and the sanctuary of God and around the sanctuary or around the mercy seat and around the altar of God, saints are free to congregate and to, uh, thank you, Jesus. What did I say, 13? See, I act like I don't know no Bible sometimes. I'm going to stop that. Amen. But anyway, no. All right, 13. Five. Let me see. Mm-mm, that's not it. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's do 12, 11. All right. Start in one. Yeah, 12, one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every week. Now, what cloud of witnesses is he talking about? He's talking about the saints mentioned in Hebrews 11 by faith. And he names many, many of the people we read about in the Bible all the time. He talks about their exploits and how they fulfilled what God gave them to do and now they've entered their reward in heaven some of them did more dangerous exploits than others but it was what was necessary to obey God in their time and so as long as your life is a life that you live by faith the Bible says that's how justified people live amen and so it's it's getting us to understand the importance of what sanctuary means what congregation means what all of those things mean and it's to support us as individuals in our life of faith before god 
so that we can accomplish the things by faith that God has ordained for us to accomplish every day of our lives. And so at the end of life, this is your reward. You receive your your heavenly estate. God takes you up into glory. And so here we see all of these individuals who made it in by faith. Amen. By faith, he says, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. So that God had to see that that Abraham's faith was holding even after he had demonstrated strong faith in allowing Isaac to be born and conceived. And so this is to let us know that there probably will not come a time in your life that your faith will not be tested over and over and over again. Why? Because God wants you to take you to your heavenly reward. There's so many things that... We haven't seen yet, the Bible says. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man what God's prepared for us. So we have to live this life trusting God that we're going in the right direction. We're doing the right thing. You get peace in your heart about what he has you doing. You don't try to do anything off script. You know what I'm saying? So you can't impress God. He's he's not really that easily impressed, nor is he that easily disappointed. So what we risk sometimes, we think we're doing risky things when we step out in faith. But God will always correct us, forgive us, help us, but he cannot make you get up and start obeying what he wants you to do. You have to let faith move you to that, that maybe unique place, that uncomfortable place, whatever that place is that God has for us, so that you can please him. That's what this whole thing is about, using your faith, placing it in him, and pleasing him when you do that. Amen? So here we have this great assembly in heaven. He says, we're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Amen? He says, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin that does so easily beset us, let us run this with patience this race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. So Jesus is the one that we are to please. He is the one that we are working for. He is the one that we look to for all things that we need. So we are part of this congregation. So the sanctuary in heaven is inhabited with other beings just like us that are dwelling places for God. But there is evidence that we, we have, we, they have knowledge and understanding of what we are doing down here. Amen. Because we're all one family. And so God is able to inspire us through them. And they are able to be inspired by us. Because my understanding is that they are are anticipating the arrival of many of us. And so if you think about it in a way, the faith that they have left here for us to receive is a common bond that we have. We're still sharing from the heavenly sanctuary to the earthly sanctuary because we're all tied together in a common purpose. 
their purpose has already been established and fulfilled. Ours is still yet, our story is still being written. Amen. And so we're all tied together as one big body of believers. Amen. And nobody's separated from anybody else. So we have a great assembly, a congregation. We are a blending of gifts, talents, (coughs) and, and beliefs for one purpose. That purpose, number one, is to glorify God. All things that you do must lend credence to God's life, his love, and his desire for good for all humanity. That must be established. Number two, we are called to fulfill the great commission. That is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and God will confirm his word with signs following. Amen. You don't have to convince anybody that God told you anything. Amen. God is the one who proves and establishes what he he says. Amen. Really is. And so um, if you will allow people, they will find out that that is God speaking to them. Sometimes people tell you things like, well, I, I spoke to God this morning. I told him, God, if you don't show up before the day is over, I'm going to kill myself. You understand things like that. I mean, things that pertain to real life where people live. Amen. And so God, he has us there to meet every need. The third thing is we are to meet the needs of the body of Christ in all ways. Amen. I'm here to meet your needs. You're here to meet mine, your neighbor, your uh, the neighbors that you have here in the congregation. You're here to meet because we have a wealth of abilities, gifts, talents, and and graces in God to be able to resolve every single issue and problem that would ever walk in this door. Amen. I remember when I first started preaching and I would be nervous and, and I talked to the Lord. And I said, well, God, if somebody comes in here and, and I don't know the answer, he said, you'll know the answer anyway. He said, I wouldn't do that to you. And, he, and I wouldn't do that to them. Why would I send them someplace they couldn't get help? Amen. So after that, I just <laughs> took the sweat off my brow and just started being confident that god would meet every single need that came in through that door amen and it's not that hard all we have to do is prepare ourselves as best we can and stay faithful to god sometimes you'll spend your day you're not sure why but you keep drifting over into praying in tongues back and forth you know it just you know just you by yourself and you think you know and and then Maybe the next day or that day later, somebody, you'll have contact with somebody some way and they need something or need an answer or need prayer for something. So God has already, because he dwells in you, you're his sanctuary. You're his safe place. He can trust you. He can trust you with with prayers that will help other people. He'll trust you with with finances so that you can help his people, help the church, help whoever he tells you to help. He trusts us with so many things. Amen. So we fulfill the Great Commission. We meet one another's needs, the needs of the body of Christ. Those are health, provision, family peace and harmony. We help and assist one another with all of those things. Amen. 
in, in, in ways that are totally supernatural. Amen. Uh, you don't have to put up a sign that says the counselor is in. <laughs> I used to have a, I, I'm not thinking, I think, Shannon, I think you made that sign. Remember, pastor is in, out, way out. <laughs> right. Whatever. But, uh, you know, you don't need to wear a sign on yourself to get counselor, chaplain. You know, I started seeing something. I said, well, we just going to say need prayer. You know what I'm saying? We just shorten it all, need prayer, and just go for it that way. So anyway, so we're here to meet the needs of one another and our larger community. Amen. We collect and pass out bread. You know, that's a community need you to reach out to other people that, that don't have access to things health provision family peace also maturing the saints is done in the sanctuary collective sanctuary setting so we mature each other for the work of the ministry so that we are growing in our knowledge and understanding of what god has called us to do we are also here for the growth of the body of christ in general so the things that we um, speak, uh, produce, like for instance, our, our, our meetings are public, they're recorded and archived, and they're distributed and made available to the larger, the larger public in general. Now, we did that because God told us to. Not everybody does it because God told them to. You can tell by the way they do it. Huh? You know, when, when, I just feel like when God tells you to do something, it's forever. You know, it, it, for instance, we put out that, I'm not just talking about us, others do it. We put out a daily teaching, a nightly post, and these meetings that are recorded. Now, y'all ain't gonna see me on Facebook popping up every five minutes with something that say, I'm just waiting till everybody tunes in. By that time, I'd have moved on to something else. If you can't start when your face pop up there, I'm gone. Huh? Same people tuning in because you called a name the last time. You know, I don't have time for that. Do y'all know how old I am? I don't have time. <laughs> But uh where was I at? But see, I think if God told, tells you to do it, you do it every day. It's consistently, some kind of consistency. You pop in and pop out. You know, tell people, I'm going to do this, and you have to your word for the day, and then you don't see them for three months. I'm not lying, am I, Miss Nolan? See, when you, I go to work every day. Now, y'all only see me two days a week. But I'm working every day. Amen. Most of y'all work when you have a full-time job. You work every day. You don't pop on and pop off. And then when you get something you think is more important to do, you're missing and all that. Then you're back on again and it's, (laughs) 
you'll never keep anything like that. You won't keep people's interests. You won't keep a husband or a wife or kids. Your kids will run away if you don't feed them every day. They'd be down at the neighbor's house getting them something to eat. You understand what I'm saying? Mess with me. Now, you know, I, I get a little angry about stuff like this because I, I just take it seriously what God's called you to do, you know? It's not a play thing. It's not when you feel like you want to do it. If you don't get enough likes, you're going to stop. See, I need y'all to let me know you watching me. If you don't watch me, I'm going to delete you starting the day. <laughs> but I'm a Christian. I love everybody. But I delete you right now. Jesus gave an instruction to Peter, and I take it for all fivefold ministry gifts. If you love me, feed my sheep. I don't know about anybody you know, but people hungry three times a day. So you can't just, when you feel like it, feed somebody. You're not in the feeding business. you you in some other kind of business. Skullduggery shenanigans and mayhem. <laughs> but tomfoolery, thank you very much. It's ridiculous. So we to mature the saints for the work of the ministry. That is, you should grow up. You should be more capable of more things in the spiritual realm every single day. You know, whether it shows or not, whether it's evident or not, there is growth there and maturity there. Because you're planted. In the house of God. The other thing is development of gifts, talents, and demonstration of the Spirit's power among the believers. Amen? This is where we learn about the Holy Spirit. You learn about what does it mean if somebody falls and did God push them or did the preacher push them or did, well, you know, that kind of stuff. That stuff gets straightened out when you're in the sanctuary. When you're among God's people, when you're in congregation of faith. Amen. So we meet in Christian fellowship. It's a safe place and a holy place where the world is kept out. The influence of the world is kept out at least for a while. For you to settle in and God to deal with you and God to do what he wants to do specifically for you in your life. The other one is the voice of God is amplified, amen, by the congregation. Remember when, when Moses would meet with the children of Israel and they would say, he would say, praise the Lord. And they would say, for his mercy endures forever. That was to amplify the voice of God so that the people could get it ringing in their ears continually. His mercy endures forever. You heard yourself say it. You heard everybody else say it. That was how they sealed the word. That's how they hid it in their hearts is through the congregational amplification of the voice of God. Amen. It works. You hear people, you know, who, who are led by God to, to lead congregations in confessions. And I don't believe in saying turn to your neighbor every five minutes and tell them something. 
or slap them or give them a high five. You know, come on now. That's you need to read your Bible more than that to know what what this is for. But it's very important that we decree certain things and amplify the voice of God so that it rings not only in the ears of the hearts of you individual sanctuaries out there, but the other thing is that we're making known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. There's devils in the second heaven that hear what we say. And if we can all say one thing continually, they get the impression, hmm, we can't get nothing over on, on that place down there. Because they're all on one accord. What does that mean? That means at least in this house and at least in this place, people understand the power that is wielded when we all speak the word of God in agreement, the same thing all the time. God wants, God wants his people to be on one accord. It, it's, it's very, very powerful agreement is. He says, we're two or more gathered together. That means you don't have to run all over everywhere looking for people to join your prayer group. You ask for God to bring who he wants to bring. If he brings you, you pray. If he brings two, y'all pray. If he brings more, y'all still pray. But if you think God can't get work done through a few people, you're grossly mistaken. Huh? Through every move of God, he says, what? A remnant is saved. Amen. Because there's always some, uh, you know, falling away. People lose interest. If you're not interested in praying for more needs than your own, you're going to be real disappointed in God's kingdom also. Because he's called you to make a difference everywhere. I remember when, when, Pastor Shirley would, she said, I just keep seeing these little faces on the milk cartons. She said, I think God wants us to pray for them. Amen. And so I I learned early not to question her, put a roadblock, because the grace of God was on her to discern problem areas that we were to give more attention to. And so then we start getting them little bitty faces on all the milk cartons and You understand what I'm saying? Because God loves those kids and he wants, this is what the sanctuary is for. See, that that burden finds a resting place in the hearts of believers in the sanctuary of God. And so you can see God do great and mighty things. Now, He'll you can hold on and just pray. Some people just pray and just, you know, don't think about it too much and and all of that. And some people think it's worthless and all of that. You know, you might have them a little, uh, uh, attitudes attack you from time to time but then when you see on the news where they found three women who were in a in a house for 10 years huh then you realize that it's not up to you to determine if you continue to pray or not as long as god brings you into the arena of prayer then you pray amen you pray so it it pays off. Prayer always pays off. And it pays off to pray and ask God for the direction of your prayer. How are you to pray? You get your assignment to pray and keep your assignment. Amen. Be consistent. Amen. And you'll see a consistent payoff in what you do. Without consistency, you won't see anything. 
people sometimes pray as long as everybody else is saying they praying for it too when they don't do it no more then they're off doing something else that's not what god's looking for he's looking for people who are committed and will make that declaration of his word as a corporate uh, body as a a, a, a a gathering of sanctuaries, individual sanctuaries where he dwells, and then we let it go with one voice, amen, in, in one accord and, and tearing down and, and then building up again. All of those things are things that God does through the sanctuary, amen. You can't have everybody, you can't have past the mic prayer. Get quiet. What did I say? I said, pass the mic prayer. Should I say drop the mic prayer? <laughs> Whatever. You, it's not a tryout for heaven, you know, to be the choir director in heaven, you know, and you don't, we don't need you to tell what visions you sought over the city. And we already have our assignment. Amen. Your assignment comes from God. It doesn't come by what you saw somewhere and what you think God told you. So so God took the sanctuary, we say, and brought it down and put it in the hearts of men. Amen. Matthew 6.10 says, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. So we have the same pattern that's up in heaven dwelling on the inside of us. You are a carrier of God's mercy. Amen. There's a mercy seat in your heart. You need to grant yourself mercy first. You know, acknowledge your sin, ask God's forgiveness. Then you can offer it to more people. Amen. The Bible says those who give mercy will obtain mercy. So always be a merciful person. You know, if people approach you or you approach somebody and you offer the prayer to pray for them, let them know God wants to. Give them what they want. You understand what I'm saying? He wants to help them. And and just ask God to help people when you pray. Don't turn people away with, well, you know, that's wrong. You're supposed to do that. They know that. That's why they're asking for prayer. You understand what I'm saying? And so God will have a way for you to embrace them with mercy, but also direct your prayer so that it will correct whatever thing is there that needs to be corrected. The other thing about the heavenly sanctuary, when we get there, that there is a dress code there and a behavior code, amen, and there is a focus and a purpose. We are to worship in spirit and in truth, and there is an atmosphere in heaven, in the heavenly tabernacle as well. Let me see if I found it right in Luke 14, I think it was where there were people who were invited in to the supper, and we, we believe it's a marriage supper of the Lamb. And some of them didn't have the right clothing on, and they were cast out. Amen? Let me see, 14. Yeah, I don't think it's the right one. But God... It, will give us the right clothing to wear in heaven. Amen. Now, we have righteousness down here to wear as a robe by faith. But he talks about some people that tried to invite themselves to the supper, 
and they did not have on the right clothing. Amen. They weren't dressed by God to be there. In other words, they either weren't born again and don't. How many? Matthew 22. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were flagging me down for something else. I said, certainly we couldn't be done by now. Over at the Y, I go out now. Matthew 22. And what is this? Yet? Thank you so much. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Okay, he sent forth servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, invited, and they would not come. So these are people that that you minister to and they don't want to get born again. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, I prepared my dinner. All of the things are ready. Come into my marriage. But they made light of it. Ever have people tell you they, not right now. I'm satisfied with my life now. Amen. And then the, <laughs> like, like a, a, a Wiley, who's that, Wiley Coyote? The truck comes over and <laughs> flattens him on the road. It says, but they made light of it. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard it, he was angry and went forth his armies and destroyed those murderers, burned up their city, and said to his servants, the wedding is still ready. I've invited people who refused me. They murdered people I sent to invite them, all of that. But I'm still having this wedding. Amen. He says that those who were bidden were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the highways And as many you shall find, tell them to come. So the servants went to the highways and gathered together as many as they found, bad and good, to the wedding that was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which did not have on the wedding garments. And he said to him, friend, how did you come here not having the wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to servants, bind him hand and foot, cast him out of here where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so this is why many times God will send us to people who don't want to walk into the door of a church to invite them to salvation. And we've all been there. You've seen people that, that I don't want to come because I don't have the right clothes and I, you know, and they're just crying and bawling and they love Jesus. Amen. And so God will send, continue to send us to people because he wants that wedding supper full. He doesn't want us to leave anybody down here. That's why we've been here for so many generations preaching the gospel. God wants everybody to hear and he wants everybody to come in. He wants everybody to receive of of him. So the dress code is that right robe of righteousness. Amen. So this is Matthew 14. The dress code, the behavior that's acceptable is joy. No more tears. No more crying, no more remembrance of bad things that happened down here on this earth. We get a whole new slate wiped clean so that we can enjoy the the common sanctuary of God that's in heaven. There is also a focus and a purpose. The purpose of heaven is to worship God 24-7. That's what we were created to do. We were created to worship him and to draw from that life that he has for us. So there's 24-7 worship in heaven. You don't go and get no break somewhere. I'm going to go home because, you know, it's been all night, honey. Wake up in the morning. It's going to be all day, too, because that's all there is to do there. 
And there's an atmosphere. It's an atmosphere of holiness. That's why there's no more crying. There's no remembrance of anything that's gone on. There's there's no, you don't get up there and wait to see your neighbor. She says she is saved. I'm going to see if she get up here. You, you know, you... Now, you know some sister going to probably say something like that. Amen. I'm going to see if she make it on in. Sitting up there at the door watching everybody. It's it's not going to be like that. Amen. Not going to be like that. Amen. Everything that was was known down here will not be known anymore. Amen. The remembrance of things will be washed away. Amen. You ever think of some of the things you don't like about your life, your past or whatever, and you wish you could forget it? Well, it's going to be that way in heaven. Amen. You will definitely forget all of that stuff. You don't have to hide from nobody no more. No more warrants are out. No outstanding tickets. You don't have to peep out your door, out the shades to see if the popos is out there. Huh? There might be police in heaven, but you just let them in. Amen. They ain't coming for you for nothing wrong. Amen. And man, man, and baby either. If they make it up there, that's your job to make sure they make it in, though. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us understanding, Lord. Thank you for life, for sanctuary life. This is a safe place for your people to come to worship you to acknowledge who you are, to serve you, to be blessed by you. Father, we thank you so much for the time that we have together. Oftentimes we don't want it to end because there is life here for us as we draw from one another. And and we are enriched by these meetings and, and by these opportunities that we have one with another. So, Father, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, and we magnify you. Thank you, Lord, that you are worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. We bless you and we praise your holy name. We honor you, Lord, and we love you. We lift you up. We magnify you, Father. We extol you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you, Lord, that they are gathered here in in this holy atmosphere so that we can receive everything that you have for us, plus. Father, I thank you for the blessing, the double blessing that you give us when we pass your test. Thank you, Father, that everybody represented here is passed your test, Father, and that is able to receive their reward. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord says, yes, the test has been severe. It has been severe on the earth. And especially for my people. The Lord says that, that I will open churches again. I, the Lord, will do it. And the Lord says, I have given my servants a space of time to do this voluntarily. But I do say in my word that I come with a fullness of glory. And I come with thousands and ten thousands of angels. And the Lord says, I am gathering together those who have been obedient and I will confront those who have been disobedient to to allow them a space to repent and to be obedient to me, says the Spirit of the living God. And the Lord is saying, this permissive atmosphere will not be tolerated any longer, says the Spirit of the living God. 
this atmosphere of license concerning holy things will no longer be tolerated on the earth, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says that I am going to elevate those who are to be elevated. I will remove and demote those who will be removed and demoted, says the Spirit of God, because this is a cleansing time for my people to go forth in mighty power and anointing and unction and orders from me to reap in the harvest that is so so needed on the earth. There are people out here who need me desperately, and I've asked who will go for me. And some of you have said, here am I, Lord, send me. He says, if that's your confession, just say it. Here am I, Lord, send me. Say it like you mean it. Here am I, Lord, send me. Amen. And the Lord says that I heard that, and I will honor that. And that is the way that I am am sorting out my body in this hour, that I am receiving those who will do the bidding for me. And I will reward those who will do the bidding for me, says the Lord, because this is my hour to be glorified. And I will be glorified of mine, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Well, Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship that we're about to receive in, in your presence. We thank you, Lord, also for the immunity that we have against this virus that seems to attack uh, when it wants to attack and lay back when it wants to lay back. But we have authority over all the tactics of the enemy. We have authority over all the works of darkness. And we take our authority right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say, I don't have Rona. And Rona don't have me. I can't have Rona. And she can't have me. And by the blood of Jesus, I decree that I am healed. Amen. Amen and amen. It is so decreed by the court of heaven. Amen. Praise God. Amen.